What's up, Believe Nation? It's Evan. My one word is believe, and I believe in you. I want to see the thing that you've got inside here come out to have a big impact on the world. And so to help you on your journey today, we're going to look at six psychological tricks to make people like you immediately. Number two is my personal favorite, and I'd love to know which one you guys like the best. And as always, guys, as you're watching, if you hear something that really resonates with you, please leave it down in the comments below. Put quotes around it so other people can learn. And when you write it down, it's much more likely to stick with yourself as well. Enjoy. So let's get into it. Trick number one is match and mirror. Rapport is power. Earlier today, we said anything you want to achieve, anything you want to learn, master, experience, there's somebody out there who has a life experience, the understanding, the network, the capital, the thing you need to be able to achieve it. But they're not going to give you what they want, or they're not going to give you what you want, rather, and need until you first give them what they want and need. And you're not even going to find out what they want and need until you first get in a relationship of rapport. If you don't do that, you're never going to learn anything. Rapport is power. What is a relationship of rapport? Rapport means total responsiveness between people. When someone is totally responding to you, and you're totally responding to them, you're in rapport. There's that connection. It's that spark that happens in certain communications or relationships. Now, everybody wants to create rapport or have it, but most people only get rapport with people who are like whom? Themselves, and they lose with everybody else, which means you've got a very limited world. So we want to take it to a different level. So let's say, for example, if I said to you right now, guys, I want you to go out to a local restaurant or bar, and I want you to meet somebody, and I want you to develop rapport with them, a connection with them. How many feel like you could do that? No problem. Say I. And if you're not raising your hand, you're probably selling yourself short. Of course you could. How would you do it, though? You'd walk in this restaurant or bar, you meet somebody, and you'd engage them in conversation by asking a few what? Questions. Now, is it possible to ask a few questions and have the conversation go and just die? Is that possible? Yes or no? So questions don't create rapport. Questions are a tool we use to dig for something. What are you digging for when you're asking these questions? You're trying to find something in what? That's right. So write in your notes. Rapport is created by a feeling of commonality. Rapport is created by a feeling of commonality. Rapport is created by a feeling of commonality. When we, people, when we feel like we have something in common with someone, there's a spark. Now, here's the problem. If rapport is created by a feeling of commonality... Most people try to get rapport by using words. But you've already learned something. What percentage of our communication skills are words? What percentage? 7%, which means you're leaving out 93% of your skills. Which is why most people don't get rapport with a large number of people. You know, what do you do? You walk in a restaurant or a bar and go, Hi, what's your name? Where are you from? Why are you here? And the person says, My name's Habib. I'm from Iraq. I'm a terrorist. I'm here to kill people. And you go, Amazing. Me too. No. See, words don't always work, do they? But there is something that always works to get rapport, and it's something called matching and mirroring. Matching and mirroring. Now, matching and mirroring came about 35 years ago when it's, we've all done matching and mirroring our whole lives. But the person who pointed out was Milton Erickson. Dr. Erickson was a genius. What he did was, he was a medical doctor, but he also was a psychologist and a hypnotherapist, probably the best that ever lived. And people would come to see him 
who try to change everything anywhere else in their life, nothing at work. They see him for one session, he'd handle it. And the reason is because he understood something. He understood that you have both a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. And he knew the subconscious is more powerful. It's the part that makes your heart beat 100,000 times a day without having to think about it. So he knew if he could influence your subconscious mind, he could change anything, and that's what he did. But here's how he did it. He had polio, so he was in a wheelchair. So he spent an enormous amount of time studying people. And he began to notice something about human beings, that when human beings got together, if they got in rapport, a relationship of responsiveness, they became like each other in a variety of ways. What he called they mirrored each other. Now, I've taught this for 25 years, so I'm sure you've heard of it. And I've written it in my books, and it's been taught in a variety of other areas now. But it's one thing to know it intellectually or to understand it. It's another thing to know it while you're doing it. And that's what I want to get you to do tonight so you have a real experience of it that you won't forget. But here's the basis of it. People like people who are like whom? Themselves. And people don't like people who are not like themselves. To be more specific, write this down. People like people who are like themselves or who are like how they would like to be. People like people who are like themselves or are how they would like to be. People like people who are like themselves or how they would like to be. So question, I'd like you to think of someone you really, really like a lot. And then if you would, raise your hand if this person is either like you or they're like how you want to be. If that's true, raise your hand and say, I. Of course, that's why you like them. Now, Think of someone you don't like. And I'm sure you like everyone, but if you once were an unspiritual person and felt these feelings, someone you don't like, raise your hand if they're not like you or they're not like how you want to be. If that's true, raise your hand and say, I. And that's the opposite. People don't like people who are not like them or are not like how they want to be. That's the bottom line of it. So this concept, Erickson noticed, he used it in the following way. Watch me. If you came in to see Dr. Erickson, Instead of talking to you intellectually and trying to get through to you, he'd go right to the jugular by getting your nervous system connected to him, getting rapport. So if you came to him and you said, Dr. Erickson, um, I don't know, this is a waste of time. I've, I've tried everything and I don't know, I, I think I should just go. He would do this. He'd go, I'm sure it looks that way on the surface, but um, you haven't tried this, so you haven't tried everything, and I think you should stay. And the person would go, huh, something about this guy I like. You know, he's not over the top, you know what I mean? He's like really real. There's just something about him that feels down home and real to me, right? If you came in to see him, he said, Dr. Erickson, I've tried everything. It's a waste of my time. I'm out of here. He'd say, you sit down. You haven't tried everything. You've not done this before. You're staying right here. Guy goes, hey, I like this guy. He's got some spunk, kick ass. Maybe he could do something. See, he became like the people he was communicating with. And what it was is whatever they put out, he sent the same message back, like biofeedback. And it entrained them to him. So that when he then told their unconscious what to do, their brain just did it. That was his power. Trick number two, express positive energy. I have to show up at work with the right attitude and with the positive energy. And uh, I actually uh, had a t-shirt made that said positive energy is a part of your job description. 
right? So the the idea that um, I want to show up with the right energy, I want to show up, you know, we're all here, you know, even now we're all here, we're trying to feed our families, we're, we're trying to have a good time, we're trying, you know, they're, they're, this is an important uh, part of our lives, our time is all that we have. So to me, it's hugely important to deliver positive energy in a way because it's viral. So if I come with positive energy, then someone else is going to pick up on the positive energy and you're going to take it home to your families. And, you know, so for me, it's just hugely important to approach everything and everybody at every turn with the, the, the most uh, positive, loving kindness that I can generate. Trick number three, be loving and kind. Ever let anybody stop you from believing that it's cool to be kind? That's one thing I feel like that I struggled with so much was that I, I, I like to be loving and kind. And people often will try to act like that's not cool, that's corny, that all this type of stuff. But I, I, in my heart, it's like I've always wanted to share and be a loving person and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And that really stifled me sometimes as, the, as a young teen. And I would really just tell myself, don't stop believing that. Those are good things. Those are great qualities. Those aren't bad qualities. It might seem like that because of the type of people you're around, but don't let that stop you from being true. You know the truth. Trick number four is have a sense of humor. Our primary focus should be problems on earth, uh, but I think that there should be some small amount that's given over to the establishment of, uh, of, of a colony on Mars and making life multi-planetary. Uh, by small amount, I mean some number less than 1% of our resources. So. You know, it's, it's, it's not as important as, as, say, healthcare, but it's more important than, like, say, cosmetics. I mean, I'm, I'm pro, I mean, I'm, I'm in favor of cosmetics. I like them, they're great. Um, but, you know, lipstick or colony on Mars? I don't. Uh, <laughs> question that has been discussed over the past couple of days. Should we be considering one trips, one way only trips to Mars? Uh, What's the best uh, approach to, to colonize uh, the planet? Is it, uh, what's your view? Is that socially acceptable? Do you think people will sign up to do it? Well, I think there's plenty of people that will sign up for a one trip to Mars. Um, <laughs> but, but, Maybe but, if I could, we could have a show of hands, who would consider such an option? Really? I see some, not many, but perhaps enough for a couple of missions. So certainly, <laughs> certainly be enough. Uh, I mean, I think it's sort of like, is, is it a one-way mission and then you die? Or is it one-way mission and you get resupplied? That's a big difference. <laughs> Wait for the second option. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it's a, it ends up being a moot point because you, you want to bring the spaceship back. Like, these spaceships are expensive, okay? They're hard to build. <laughs> you can't just leave them there. <laughs> so whether or not people want to come back or not is kind of, like, they can jump on if they want, but they need the spaceship back. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, it's kind of weird. Like, there's, like, a huge collection of spaceships on Mars over time. It's like, <laughs> like, maybe we should send them back. I mean, of course we should send them back. Speaking of crazy things, went, went to Russia three times to um, negotiate a deal to buy a couple of, uh, of the largest ICBMs in the Russian fleet. Um, <laughs> a strange experience. <laughs> um, How do you even get into that negotiation? Uh, well, you talk to people who know people, um, and, and pretty soon you're talking to the Ru Russian rocket forces, and, um, you know, they... Uh, 
it turns out Russia is quite quite a capitalist society, uh, <laughs> um, and and uh, so. I, but but it definitely has had some some weird meetings um, in, in in places like that. I swear they looked like a sanit sanitarium or something. I don't know. It was, it was very odd. We keep um, going back to the theme of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, seriously, this place had padded walls. Uh, <laughs> you're like, why do you have padded walls? <laughs> It was weird, um, and uh, yeah, and then I had some some sort of Russian guy who was missing a front tooth started yelling at me <laughs> because his friend, one of his front teeth was missing. He was like spit flying at me <laughs> in a place with padded walls. I'm like, this is really bizarre. What's happened to my life? <laughs> right. And that was the moment when you thought, I'm going to build my own rocket. Yeah. Trick number five is embrace vulnerability. The biggest myth about vulnerability is that it's weakness. I think a lot of people were raised to believe that. It was modeled, I think, certainly in our culture. Um, we see that a lot, that to be vulnerable, to be open, to be exposed is to be weak. Um, and the truth is, you know, what I found in my research is that vulnerability is not weakness. In fact, I would argue that it's our greatest measure of courage. When we went out and asked people, what is vulnerability? We heard things like, Vulnerability is the first date after my divorce. Vulnerability is starting my own company. Vulnerability is taking responsibility for something that went wrong at work. Vulnerability is sitting with my wife who has stage three breast cancer and making plans for our young kids. Um, vulnerability is taking my business public. You know, the definition I use in my work of vulnerability is simply uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Vulnerability is about the willingness to show up and to be seen even when there are no guarantees. And it's interesting to me, I mean, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, I gave a talk, um, it's probably a couple years now, and it was being translated by people doing American Sign Language, and they came up before the talk started, and they said, are there any words that you're going to use a lot in your talk that we should you know, know about that are might be different? And I said, well, I use the word vulnerability a lot. And they kind of, there were two of them, and they kind of looked at each other and they said, oh, we do, we do this for vulnerability. And I said, what does that mean? They said it means weak in the knees. And I'm like, wow, that's not how I talk about vulnerability. And she said, well, there's only one other sign for vulnerability. And I said, what is it? And she said, and I said, oh, that's what I'm talking about. And so to me, vulnerability is our most accurate measure of courage. I mean, it's pretty powerful when I have 13,000 pieces of data collected over 12 years that I cannot find a single incident or story of courage that was not completely underpinned by vulnerability. I think the problem arises that it's, there are so many little paradoxes with vulnerability, and one of them is that vulnerability is courage in you, but weakness in me. When I meet you, it's the first thing I look for in you, but it's the last thing I wanna show you in me. And so I think to really put ourselves out there, knowing that if we do that enough, we're going to fail, I just don't think it gets more courageous than that. And trick number six is compliment others. And last but certainly not least is something that I do that I is a little trick. All right. It's like first impression espionage um, because there's no getting around liking somebody when they actually give you a compliment. When I meet somebody for the first time, I try to look for something that I can compliment them on. All right. Because automatically you compliment them. They like you more. It happens, right? Because when somebody gives you a compliment, you're like, yeah, you just like them more. It works, gentlemen. And then when they think of you next time, they're going to think of that dude who gave them the compliment that they 
they automatically like. Gentlemen, here's the deal. First impressions. We only have one chance to make it. So make yours count. Thank you guys so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed. I'd love to know, what did you think of this video? What was your favorite trick and why? How are you going to immediately apply this somehow in your life or business? Leave your thoughts down in the comments below. I'd also love to know, did I miss a seven, eight, nine, ten that you wanna to add to the list? Share your thoughts in the comments. Thank you guys again so much for watching. I believe in you. I hope you continue to believe in yourself and whatever your one word is. Much love. I'll see you soon. So let me give you the one word secret to happiness. One word. This is all you need to be happy. The most important word ever. If you had to think of one word that's most important to you or that sums you up or that would be kind of like a little beacon. Hey, Believe Nation, if you want to know what the most important one word is for Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk, Oprah Winfrey, Will I Am, and Howard Schultz, I have a very special secret video for you. Check the description for details.